0: Welcome to the very sixth Brightcast. It's a spooky one. We've got Halloween decorations in the background. Boo. Scary. Ooh, yeah. And this week we talk about a marketer's horror yeah. consistency. Yes. Um, talk about why you should be consistent. And we give a few tips on how you can be more consistent if you're currently not.
1: Yeah. And this is our sixth episode. It's come out weekly, it's been consistent. It's starting to pay off and work. Consistency will work for you. Let's go to it. Welcome to the very sixth Brightcast episode and it's gonna be the scariest one yet.
2: Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be
1: spooky. It's because it's Halloween, but also scary. How much knowledge we're gonna give out. Spooky season. Oh, it's going to be terrifying. It's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm scared that other people will learn so much they don't even need a marketing agency.
0: That is scary.
1: So let's get into it.
0: This week, we've been setting up some TrueView ads for a, a new client. So when I've been on YouTube myself, I've been looking at what TrueView ads have been targeting me. And a particular Marc Jacobs perfect advert the, for the perfect perfume... Has been targeting me probably three times a day, every day. Have you given in? I've not given in just yet. Um, but I want to show it you guys and basically look at how they're adjusting the individuals they're using on the adverts. So okay, the idea yeah. is everyone's perfect the way they are. The ad isn't new. I Thank think they've you. been running this this campaign and this messaging for a, for a few years while. now. Yeah, um, But I think they've upped spend recently because I've seen it everywhere. I like the idea that they're changing the individuals they're using within the ad. Yeah. But at the same time, they're still using models. They're still using people that they're getting through an agency. They're still, and I know again, everyone's perfect the way they are, but why not jump in all together and kind of use everyday people that they can.
1: Some people have, is it Dove? And then I think there's another cosmetic people person who's not using any filters anymore and things like that on their own. Yeah, does very stuff. much like that. Yeah. Um, I, I
0: think
2: the thing is, like, because the people they're using, they're unconventional in terms yeah. of, like, a modelling... Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, aesthetic. Yeah. But I think the issue, I think, with using everyday, like, just normal muggles... Yeah. ...is they can't necessarily take direction. Yeah. So yeah. there's that issue. And also... Yeah. Yeah, why not use those people? If they part, if they want to be part of an agency and they'll be used, yeah. And they're not being used in other ads because they're not like you know traditionally attractive or something. Yeah, stupid it, like it's, that. it's
1: still important representation, isn't it?
2: Can Can you imagine being a model who is like, you know, untraditionally attractive, or like you have an you know a, a non traditional aesthetic? Yeah. And there's this perfume brand that is showing that everybody's perfect, no matter yeah. how you look. So you're the perfect model for that job. And the agency creating the ad are like, fuck it. Let's use everyday people. <laughs> you're like, wait. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. i but I'd be perfect for that. I'm a model yeah. and I have a non traditional you know I mean like, you know, yeah. I'm not like I wouldn't fit this this certain mold or something. Yeah. Pretty bombed,
1: wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I, I think I think when they've used everyday people, so that like cosmetic companies that have done it, it's more it's not like an able bodied Representation thing—it's more just you know everyone's skins reacts in different yeah, ways yeah. and things like that. So it's slightly different, but uh yeah, it's good.
0: I take back my point. I agree with those reasons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, but you don't want it to be tokenism, do you? As in just using these non-traditional. Yeah, it, 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 it's a bit like uh companies that are greenwashing now with environmental issues. Um, you you want to actually be a diverse and inclusive culture within your company and not just underneath it, you're not that, and yeah. you're just putting an outward prediction of that. So
2: Yeah, it sounds like we've got a secret centre idea for you, at least, so that's cool. Perfect. <laughs> Literally.
0: <laughs> what have you been looking at, Drew?
2: I have been looking at, and I don't know the name for it, and I was quickly, frantically trying to Google the name for it earlier, but it's basically high frame rate videos. Yeah. But you, So you film, you film stuff in a high frame rate. Um, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, you'll see this now. But it's basically... You get like an LED, like a high frame rate LED screen, massive screen. And let's say you want four backgrounds. I can't remember what we had to it was for. It was for like J2O or something. I'll, I'll find the example. Yeah. And you get a camera that shoots 100 frames a second. So normally in this country, uh, like a standard frame rate is 25 frames. Yeah. We're shooting this right now in 25 frames. So every second... There are twenty-five frames yeah. per second, yeah. but this like high frame rate camera will film a uh, hundred frames. Like these we're using now, will also do that. So every second is a hundred frames. So the LED screen then every second it shows you four different backgrounds. Right,
1: okay, yeah. Then,
2: every second, basically, you've got these four different backgrounds showing. Yeah. You can then have four different versions, but filmed in one tape.
1: In the editing software, and it would probably be a custom thing, but when you sort of modify the frame rate, do you sort of choose, so it would be the every, like, fourth frame would then compress, and you'd, that's what you would pull from it. Yeah, so
2: it will constantly loop. So yeah. the background will constantly loop, constantly loop, like, every frame, basically. Yeah. And then you just you just choose... You just modify the footage to have those frames that you want within the video, and it will just basically you know, create a smooth thing as if you'd shot that certain background at 25 frames. We'll show you the example. It's quite difficult to explain it in a podcast because it's a visual thing.
1: Yeah. What benefits do you get over that than uh, green screen? Is it that it's LED light interacting with the product in front? So I guess if it's a drink example, so it might be J2O. So, yeah,
2: the... the the green screen to LED is like... You've watched The Mandalorian. Yeah. So on The Mandalorian, they didn't use green screen. They basically the used massive... Yeah, the volume, that's it. They use this massive screen that wrapped all around or series of screens. I can't remember what it what the yeah. actual build was. And then they just show that thing, the background, yeah. the environment like on the screen. Roadmap. Yeah. And then you're just in, interacting with it. It cuts yeah. out the need for green screen. So it cuts out the need for additional roto work and stuff like that. Yeah. So the use of LED over green screen is for that purpose, obviously. But the great pro with this is, yeah, you're literally getting these four separate videos from this one take. Yeah. So another use, I'm pretty sure they used it on um, the latest Thor film, Thor 4. Okay. Love and Thunder. The world that Christian Bale lives on where it's like, you know, completely devoid of color. Yeah. And basically what we do is they use super high speed cameras for this. So it's not just 200 frames. It'll be, you know, a thousand Phantom frames. Flex yeah, type exactly. Type level. Yeah. And then they have these lights that go all the way around the actor. So the lights will, they'll like strobe on perfectly in a sequence for like a, like, you know, a fraction of a fraction of a second.
1: Yeah. And
2: then what you can do is you have, so Christine Bell, for instance, let's say he's just going a take, you have that take with every different version of lighting you could think of for that person. Oh, okay. Like every single version of lighting. So in post, all you do is you just choose those frames that you want with that certain bit of lighting. So yeah. let's say he, you know he was uplit or downlit. Yeah, you could just choose those exact frames.
1: I assume they didn't continue with it because he had an epileptic fit, <laughs> collapsed on the floor. Maybe.
2: I try I, I, to honestly, Watch, having watched the film, I didn't pick up on it, and I don't, yeah. I don't know if you would. But, um, but it's I'm an pretty, interesting way to film. Yeah, it's an interesting way. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. But, but there's loads of these things that like you kind know, of come out quite they, a lot. They
1: do the technology on. Um, I think it was a football game, an international football game, and the boards around and depending on what country you're in, you're seeing a different Is that what it was? Board. Was it the exact same thing? Yeah. yeah. Was
2: it? Just for high frame
1: rate? I, d- I, d- I don't know if that's how they do it, but it would make sense that it would. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But yeah, that, that was really interesting use, wasn't it?
0: I, g- I guess for if it's um, like the J2O example, if they're pouring liquid into a glass, and say if it's a product video, having the ability to have those four different backgrounds compared to a green screen... It's how that background would then interact with the glass, interact with that liquid, interact with the people around, rather than trying to do all of that. Oh, yeah, you've immediately got it in camera.
2: Yeah. So let's say the client's on the shoot. Yeah. You've got the shot. I mean, immediately you're like, yeah, so this is actually the four different shots. The client's going to be like, that's amazing. As opposed to it being green screen. We've done shoots with green screen. Yeah, yeah. You do the shoot and you're like, so what do you reckon? We're like, I don't don't know, because it was just something against a green screen. Give us a few weeks. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I want to chat about my week this week is I went on a shoot and um, it was a real shit show of a shoot in that we turned up and it was central London where it was in a big office, but meeting rooms are a premium and they warned me about this and they booked a meeting room to do these sort of talking heads content stuff. And the content itself is really interesting. It's uh, going back to representation. It was... uh, a a black woman talking about her mentoring roles within STEM programs and things like that so it's really cool stuff but we're given this tiny tiny room and when we shoot in central London particularly central we don't drive so we get the train and there's a couple of us lugging gear but the room was tiny we had this uh, yellow light we couldn't turn off we we made it look nice but it was uh it was tough because you can't get too many lights up and things like that and then it was all glass fronted, so everything was reflected anyway. So you had all that to contend with. Basically, the worst conditions you can imagine shooting, we had. And half an hour setup, we got to go. Yeah. But w- what I was thinking was, is, and I played with this on the way down and then coming back, is do you think clients would be receptive to if if in their company someone has, a I think it's an iPhone 12 Pro or newer, and it has to be the pro one with the uh, LiDAR scanner, there's a free program, and it just does a quick scan of the room. And I did this room earlier, so I'll put it up there. I didn't spend too long on it, so it's not quite perfect, but you can get you a good, do, good idea. Yeah. Did you do upstairs as well? I did upstairs as well. Right. But do you think clients would be open to if we say, could you get this program? Just follow it around. It'll give you, because it creates a floor plan as well, so you can see the space, and then you can send that to us. So sight unseen... So we'll we'll know how much equipment yeah. to go, and it's a real three D space as well.
2: It's different, isn't it? Like normally, we would ask for people. Like yesterday, I had a meeting, um, I had a Zoom call with somebody, a new client, and they've got a massive, massive site with multiple buildings, multiple offices, multiple rooms and locations. Yeah, and they want to film in basically every single one. Right, they're a couple hours away, so it's like a four hour round trip to go up and take yeah, photos yeah. and do a little scout, which obviously we would do. But it's going to be loads easier if they can just do that for us and send us yeah. photos. But we would normally ask for photos. But I think the idea of asking for... Um, in fact, I'm going to email them after this. Yeah. Um, asking f- for them to do that. Because I think that's a great idea. Yeah, like yeah. You fully get the space. Also, I think if you were told that, if you were a client and you were told that, you're immediately thinking, yeah, these guys know what we're talking about. These guys about. know their yeah. stuff, yeah. They just said LiDAR.
0: I think the only th- reservation I've got is the client yesterday they didn't know where they were filming until the day of. So I think it's a very useful app for this new client we're talking to because it's their offices, it's their, yeah. their warehouses and things. So they they know where they're going to be filming. So in that essence, it's useful. But then asking for, sometimes we don't know where we're filming full stop until a couple of days before yeah, or never mind them going to then do it's it themselves. So, but it
1: is so fast. So some, someone's, should be at that location or you know, yeah they, they, they're booking a room so it's a location that their company yeah. is involved with so i think in most cases they should be yeah. able to do it it'd be good to see it's a thing that i've not heard anybody asking for it's a little wow moment isn't yeah exactly it? Yeah. yeah i think
2: that's really good maybe we won't even include it in the broadcast because we just keep it secret to ourselves
1: yeah although at the top of this i did say we're giving some bloody value
2: yeah I and mean, I'm scared.
1: <laughs> so um, but, you yeah,
2: know, I really, really, really like that idea. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I, th- I think also yesterday, in defense of the client, and I know you weren't slating the client for all of this, but, like, yeah, we do have shoots where you end up rocking up on the day and they'll have, like, a massive office with all these places yeah. you can film and they just go, is the cupboard okay? Yeah. It's not necessarily, like, for client's fault.
1: I think as well, they just don't know from a, no, yeah. from a filming perspective. Yeah. You can ask loads of questions like, and, and try and simplify it is the room quite big? We're going to throw lights up and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's room and there's lights. But I, I think
2: another key issue is, and I've seen the footage of the room, it looks really nice. So that, they'll see that footage. Yeah. And they'll see that yeah. it looks nice. They'll see that, yeah, we've sorted all the colour out. We've made sure if there's any like odd colour cast from the light or anything like that, we've fixed everything. Yeah. Everything looks right. Everything looks great. If there's you know, noisy aircon or something, we've cleaned up all the audio. We've sorted yeah. everything. You would not know that there was yeah, all these issues yeah. on the day. So you give that to the client, they see it and immediately they're like, "Yeah. Oh, we can we can we can put any video team in any room <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. they'll be able to give us yeah. this thing." Yeah. We, we had one once where we were literally filming in a cupboard. Can You remember it was for like an IT company. Yeah. And it was it was literally like the amount of space we had, like if you went from me, you wouldn't even get to Jess where the room yeah. ended. And we had to film in there. Yeah. And we did it. And along with like B-roll and creative editing and stuff like that, we gave them the edit and they were like, yeah, this looks brilliant. Yeah. So all they'll be thinking is, oh, we could just literally put people in a yeah. cupboard from now on and yeah. it will be fine.
1: I, I, don't, I don't know how much, because I thought this would be a great idea to get people to scan. And I thought, I don't know how much it would have changed yesterday apart from we wouldn't have taken as much equipment.
0: I was just about to say, I think it opens the project up a little bit for us to get a bit more creative.
1: Because often you get to a place and you're like, Oh, it's actually quite a bare meeting yeah. room. If you're stuck in a meeting room and you're like you running around the building trying to find plants and things like that, you could do all that beforehand. You or you could suggest it, you. it to them. Like yeah.
0: not even we bring them with us. But we could say, yeah. "Oh, have you got these things?" So on the day, they're already there, rather yeah. than turning up and being like, "Need to sort out." The lights, these yellow lights, we need to sort out the cameras, but then also set dress.
1: I mean, this is central London, so we trained it, but most of them we drive to. So we've also got loads of props and stuff here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and it's frustrating when you're in a place being like, oh, we've got the perfect thing for this, we just haven't bought it with us. And yeah, LIDAR scan.
0: Today, we're looking at the biggest downfall in marketing that every company has made.
1: And we make and have made, but then realize and rectify. Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, Which is consistency. Consistency in all types of marketing, whether that's posting on social media, whether that's sending out newsletters.
1: It's marketing effort in in, in general, isn't it, that comes out. And I'm not a big believer in posting just for the sake of it or getting post numbers up and things like that. But consistency pays off. Um, And you still got to make it meaningful, meaningful marketing.
0: I think the biggest downfall we had with consistency was mainly with future-proof films before we turned into Bright. And it was in the period where we were setting up Bright and we were getting busy ourselves with clients, uh, marketing for the clients, creating great content for the clients, which then led to not having enough time to create content for ourselves, to post for ourselves. Yeah. But then because we're not posting, we get to like a lull period where we get quite quiet and then we start posting again, get loads of inquiries, get loads more work and then get busy again. So it's like a cycle. It's
1: happened for a long time. So really the reason you came on board Jess was because we spotted that pattern it just just these peaks and troughs of busyness and you just realize that you market you get busy you can't keep marketing so you complete projects and then it dips and then back and forth so brought you in to plug the gap then you're on client work and things as well so it's it's just about doing it and you always seem to prioritize the client and not your own stuff and you hear things like oh it's uh you know it's a a builder's house it's always like an unfinished thing but i think people fall back on that as an excuse like oh it's classic website company doesn't have a good website or a website at all
0: but it was recently we had a client come in and he was on about it and he was saying that when he was looking for a marketing agency he loved the content we were putting out and when he looked at other marketing agencies and they weren't putting content out themselves yeah it does kind of raise a question in people's heads like well why why why, if I can't see the content they're putting out for themselves, should I trust them with my own stuff? And I know everyone has case studies, people have examples on their website, but the stuff they're putting out for themselves is surely a, the biggest indicator on their potential. I,
1: I think when clients have come on board as well, so the one thing that... When when, when companies start outsourcing their marketing, yeah, the one thing they can, if, if they're going to the right people, almost guarantee is consistency. And they can soon start seeing their... Enquiry rates and sales rates just going steadily up. It's yeah. not it's not peaking and troughing anymore. There might be depending in the sector seasonal stuff, but really it's just a steady increase if it's being done well.
2: Yeah, like you say, like we we we've had we had those issues a lot with future proof films. Yeah, um, I don't think we have them as much with uh, Bright.
1: I think what we've learned though is to build in a slight bit of a buffer. So we plan to shoot these these Bright casts, for example, on a certain day.
0: Yeah, we try and all of our content is evergreen. Most of our content is evergreen. I'll cry myself with that. And Sat
1: on a Halloween set right now.
0: Okay, <laughs> maybe not. That's why I changed it to most of our content. <laughs> yeah. Evergreen and also we pull a lot of things from each bit of content. So every broadcast we try and create, say, yeah. eight to ten cutdowns from that broadcast. Yeah. They'll then be shared on Instagram. They'll be shared on shorts. They'll... We can then use them to market on LinkedIn. So if there is a lull period where we don't have much content to put out or yeah. client content has tighter deadlines, so we've not got time to create new videos for ourselves, we've got this content to kind yeah. of either reshare or repurpose that makes it a bit easier on ourselves.
1: Yeah, and I think that kind of sweating the asset is a solution to some of the challenges. Yeah. But maybe it's worth us going through some of the challenges of Getting what gets in the way of consistent marketing or being able to put create content consistently.
2: Yeah, well, uh, so a question that I was going to ask, which I think is a follow on from what you were just saying, do you think it's better to put out like okay, okay content yeah. consistently
1: or great content inconsistently? Which one do you think is better? Great question. So
0: I'm a mix of both.
1: I'd AP test them. <laughs> I'd A/B test our clients. Um, honestly, I think unfortunately okay content consistently probably outperforms great content occasionally
2: so because of that your question of what do you think gets in the way i think this was a big thing with future proof films when we were future proof films was we got in the way yeah because we were constantly wanting to put out the best thing we could put out yeah and it might not be the sometimes it might not be the best thing we could have put out you know there might have been issues with the thing we'd made yeah you know even if it's like a stupid like you know act of God where midway through the shoot and we're using part natural light or something like that it just started to piss it down yeah yeah something stupid yeah. like that so we watch it and we're like oh but you can tell the lights change so all of yeah, this looks so different so we didn't want to put stuff out but you then see other people put things out and like as you know professionals in like you know video stuff like that we can spot all these mistakes in all these other people's yeah. videos and we might like go oh you can see those mistakes there but they've put that content out. Yeah. Uh, it's probably done well. They've had some interactions from it. And it's been another bit of content for that week or that day or something yeah. they've put out. Yeah,
0: You're also not marketing to other video companies. No. So if we put a bit of content or if someone puts a bit of content out, like you say, like other agencies and you spot a mistake, through, they're not trying to impress you. They're trying to impress Or they're trying to impress impress their target audience, which will then get in touch and they won't notice those mistakes. So in terms of that light changing, our audience probably won't have noticed that mistake. But because we would have and we want to make sure the content we're putting out is amazing, which of course we do. It's what we do for a living. It's what we enjoy doing. But our audience probably doesn't like... And I, and I
1: think that blinds us from the fact that, you know, the message was good. Yeah. You know, it might still have been funny. The joke landed and, and the it's things It's probably like that. still
2: like better shot or looking yeah. or edited than a lot of the other content that other agents will, agencies yeah. will put out because they're not super visual first yeah. agencies. Yeah. So it's also like, better than nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, or not even better than nothing, better than a lot of things still, just yeah. not not in our heads the best thing we could have put out so we kind of veto it. There's a an agency. I don't know where they're based in the UK. A UK agency, and uh, they put stuff out when we first started, like four or five years ago. They put stuff out like just got this new camera. Yeah, and it would be like a very bog standard camera that anybody could buy. Like it's you know you can go to a Currys and buy this camera. It's not like it's a piece of
1: it wasn't custom or pro it wasn't even pro it was like prosumer prosumer maybe consumer but yeah like yeah
2: it's a cool camera you can get some really good stuff out of it like no no one's you know no one's fully shitting on the camera or anything but for us again we were looking at that thinking why are they putting this out like they're bragging about this camera or they're bragging about getting a macbook
1: yeah and and I think the message is really they're showing passion, they're showing reinvestment yeah. into themselves. It's not, yeah. it's not, you know, it's not a tech demo for the camera. Yeah, that's that's not the reason for that piece of content to go out. Yeah. and yeah, you can get blind to that
2: again when old, you know, bitchy McJudgingson takes a look at it and is like, Pff, "What's this shit?" Yeah, I think that, but then I immediately just think, no, nope, that's a stupid thing to think. They're putting content out. They've put something out. They're showing exactly what you're saying, like the reinvestment, the yeah. passion for yeah. the the passion for the, uh, like, to be creative, the passion for what they want to do, the passion for their job. We should do stuff like that. And I think that that's, it's like a constant battle with, I don't even know if it's a constant battle with all of us, but I constantly have this battle because I'm super self-deprecating. Yeah. I don't like any work I've done, like, a year ago. As you shouldn't, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's like, I think, so one of the, one of the major roadblocks for us, and it will probably be true for a lot of agencies and creatives, is you are the main roadblock because you're constantly yeah. like, you know, I'm not sure about this. I don't I don't want I don't wanna put it out and people laugh at it. Or I'm I'm doing this reaction to people's. So I don't want people to yeah, do the exact same yeah, reaction yeah. To what yeah. I'm doing.
0: You probably said exactly the same thing about this podcast. You I said, still do. Th- but you said yeah. you didn't want to do it, you said you didn't think you had like people would find what you're saying interesting. Yeah. We're six episodes in, loads of people have complimented like the content we're putting out.
2: No, no no one specifically has complimented me and I think until they do Jess I'm going to think that
1: they they have done it just the word doesn't reach you because we we receive the mark. The word emails. doesn't reach
2: you the name isn't quite the same it sounds like it's actually Rob
1: they're saying. <laughs> Close enough right? Yeah. <laughs> so to counter your point I would say that actually being concerned about quality is also a strength it's not just a weakness obviously and Often we meet like a, a real happy medium, still probably we're a little hard on ourselves for the quality, but the stuff is looking good. And it, it's not even for other agencies, just companies in general, individuals in general. I did a, a LinkedIn training piece for a company that we work with. And part of the message was like, don't overthink it. Like you, th- these are like real clever professional people it's like write your opinion on this you know stand by it trust what you're saying and don't overthink it and move on and I think it it can get in the way of creating or producing consistent marketing when you're doing that
2: yeah I, I th- yeah I, th- I think the one thing that saved us from that is the broadcast and the dailies that we make yeah, yeah. because now because we're putting out more content we literally do that we, we put something out we move on yeah. So like you were saying, Jess, with all the broadcast cutdowns, we might get a bunch of cutdowns from this one from all the different broadcasts we do. We literally put one out. Yeah. The next day we forgot about it and we've put the next one out. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter about that one piece of content. It yeah. might perform better than the, the next and the, the next one might perform better than the previous 10 or whatever. It doesn't matter which one performs the best. It's more just we're, we're putting the content out. Yeah, we'll look at how it's done and we might do some testing yeah. on if yeah. stuff's done better or if it's not done as well.
1: I, th- I think it's understanding that marketing isn't nothing is a perfect model or fit. Yeah. What you do is use your experience to do a best guess and then you iterate from there, basically. Yeah. Which is what we've done. We we we've seen issues with the broadcast and we're tweaking the format a little and, you know, trying to trying to make it better than it was, which is a good ethos and mindset to have with marketing. Yeah.
0: We've definitely stopped nitpicking about literally everything on everything in yeah. terms of yeah, and yeah. just putting things out and we've got so much better with that. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's helped us improve at the same time. So if we put something out and we're not quite happy with it, next time we know how we want to change and how we want to adapt our content. And then we'll put that out and see how that performs compared to the last one. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, there might be something on there. Oh, we don't quite like this bit or we want to change yeah. the intro slightly or want to change this so the next time we can adapt again rather than waiting from that first piece of content and waiting 10 months down the line and not putting anything out because yeah. the next month there's something different or the next month there's a new thing we've noticed or the yeah. next month is this
2: yeah one thing i like about this chat is we're saying like yeah we're not we don't nitpick anymore we're not super perfectionist we don't chase perfection to do this broadcast we did about 3 tech run throughs <laughs> yeah we did loads of research on what what like mics and stuff we need to use yep. like the software the, the hardware and stuff. No, no, no. I, no. I think. I think it's. I think it's just. That's just our level of not nitpicking. Yeah, yeah. that's our yeah, level of yeah. not chasing perfection. We're very like serious about making sure that everything is is as good as it possibly can be. Yeah. But then we'll put stuff out. So, like, yeah. w- what I kind of mean by that is, we've done like dailies where, w- if we do a daily, so the first first edit that I want to see of that daily, let's say Joe's this daily, first edit I want to see is the best possible edit. It could be. Yeah, I don't want to see something that's super rough yeah, yeah, where there's all these different like, you know, oh yeah, we're going to clean that up, we're going to clean that up. Or I don't want to see something where there's, and Joe doesn't do this. Like, you know, we've learned, like, we've worked together for one while now, so we've got like a shorthand and stuff together. But I never want to see like a thing where there's loads of things wrong with it, where we then need to yeah. do stuff to, to better it.
1: I think the number we normally give is, it's 95% of the way Yeah, there. it's
2: a rough cut in yeah. inverted commas. So then when we do that, the feedback we then give on it, we'll then lift it, an extra amount but it's yeah. not it's not solving all of these issues and covering all of these holes it's just lifting it so we, we're already doing like the best possible thing yeah. we can do and then we're lifting it a little bit we could obviously consistently keep trying to lift it and lift it and lift it and lift it that's just that's chasing perfection yeah. that's that we're destined to fail it, for it, that
1: it becomes a greasy pole doesn't it so like you know you can climb most of the way but then those final few percent aren't worth the effort yeah. to do that because the time it takes and things to get there yeah when we was thinking about the podcast, I, I used uh, ELF, which means
0: easy, lucrative and fun.
1: Yeah. And, f- and for me, the podcast was going to be that easy. We did loads of setup and I think preparation is probably a big tip I would give to people to do consistent marketing. But it was easy because once we're set up now, we come into this room, it's pretty much geared up and we just sit down and go. And that process gets easier as we go through it lucrative in the sense that we get a lot of assets and we can pull so much yeah. content from these you mentioned the all the cut downs and things and then fun it's a good chat and it's nice to do this and it's a more creative thing you know I've, I've spent this week and you spent this week editing talking heads which aren't the most challenging edit but then we get this and we get to chat about you know other exciting elements of marketing and content creation. Yeah, but I th- I think companies and for our clients we suggest it, but for for any company really, they can find something where it becomes ELF elf easy, lucrative and fun. Yeah. So some it might be creating a bit more of a we've done bigger uh, ebooks and things like that. So I was just about to they're, say they're yeah. easy because they already have that knowledge in yeah. house. Lucrative because you can stretch that content so far. And then fun, because within that sector, it's what you want to talk about. It's those big ideas it should yeah. be on.
0: I know you said we'll talk about like tips to overcome it later. But one I just want to mention now when you were talking about eBooks, like creating a bigger piece of content. So if you don't have time to create content weekly or even monthly, creating a bigger piece of content you can then pull a lot of things from very quickly and easily is a very easy, using the word again, easy way to create more content to post. So if you created a big cornerstone ebook, for example, you could pull little sliders from there, you could pull blogs from there, you could even take that content and film a video about it or do a webinar about it. You would gate that for a a newsletter about it type thing. Rather than having to think of new content ideas, if you want to post three times a week, three times a week every month for the year, it's making it easy for yourself. And especially as a business, if you did that cornerstone piece for every campaign, You could pull two posts a week out of that for the campaign, easily.
2: Yeah, it's the same with our clients when they just want to bulk shoot stuff, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. People wanting to, you know, we had one client, it was 20 videos, I think, in a day. We ended up bulk shooting for them. And then from those 20 videos, they did like five cutdowns per video. So, you know, it was over 100 videos we ended up creating for them from a day of filming. And for us, like video podcasts, video podcasts are amazing for that. I know we've mentioned the broadcast cutdowns and stuff loads, but... Everybody I see doing a video podcast, yeah, is just pulling so much content from it. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, like if you if you aren't doing a podcast or if you aren't doing specifically a video podcast, definitely do it. Yeah. You don't have to have like a set and stuff like we've built. Like, uh, um, we see a load of like podcast video podcasts where it's just a very bog standard camera looking straight at the person. Yeah. Content's always key. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we want to go a little bit further. Again, talking about like our yeah. level of yeah. trying to seek, you know perfection or whatnot some um, are just
0: wides aren't they as well so it's just one camera yeah on, say three, three people, people yeah, it's just yeah. one camera yeah. on all three of them in a meeting room or within an office or wherever whatever space you've got
2: get yourself a couple of tasty lamps from
1: ikea and you're laughing aren't you
2: yeah yeah
1: sorted I, I i think podcasting's good but also if you're not comfortable doing it or you can't dedicate the time find something else even you 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 touched on trying to post i know you used it as an example but three times each week and things yeah I don't hate schedules because they force you to start thinking about marketing and putting content out. I think it's I I think I hate it when it's a bit blasé and it's not meaningful marketing. It's just, oh, I've not thought of a post. So I'm putting one out now. I'll just write, oh, I always start the day with coffee. What a brilliant thing coffee is. And you put that out. That's not that's not marketing.
0: Yeah, I don't hate schedules. Yeah, I don't hate And we schedule for every client. We have um, a social media schedule. We're not in a way where it's like we post this type of content on a Monday, this type of content on a Tuesday. We plan out for the month. But in terms of a schedule where it's like on a Tuesday we post a product post, on a Wednesday we post a sales post, on a Thursday we post a video. It doesn't allow for creativity. It doesn't allow you to to think about... results
1: and outcomes. yeah. Yeah,
0: so rather than it being good content like you said, Drew... Not even okay content at that point because you're forcing content. Yeah, it'll be oh, I'm going on to Shutterstock. I'm finding an image. I'm just going to post about my services. Yeah, there's no
1: room for. I,
2: I I would argue against it just because I always think I I love the idea of restrictions and limitations on things because I think that breeds innovation and creativity. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, the, the shoot I did turned out, turned out great. I was in that small box and having to work. You had to think, yeah, yeah and you yeah.
2: had to like you know push. And obviously, it is it's a talking head. You know, we're not putting it out. As like yeah. a main show reel piece or something yeah, like yeah. that, it is a talking head, but it looks really good. It's a really, really good looking talking head piece.
0: I think there's a difference in limitations and structure, as like what we were saying, though. Like structure, the way you're talking about it in terms of like, might post three times a week, and that's my aim, and that's what I'm going to do every week. Every week, I'm going to set out to do three posts a day, compared to oh, I have to post a sales post today. I don't have a sales post to post, but I'm just going to write some something to. By my services yeah i think there's a there's good in structure but structure in a way where it's a little bit more open for creativity rather than limitations
1: yeah but i think i think fundamentally it gives you that base to aim for and and for us if we got to we were trying to put a podcast a week out for 10 weeks for a season or was it 12 i can't remember but each week if we if we miss them or worse, if we do a poor version of it, we'll know and we'll feel embarrassed and then you better believe the next one's going to make up for it because no one wants to do that within their schedule.
2: On, on on the schedule side of it, I don't like the idea of them, just to be clear. So when I'm saying like I like the idea of uh, limitations and it breeds creativity, breeds innovation, yeah. I think that is true. When you have limitations, it does breed creativity or innovation if you're a creative or innovative person, yeah. obviously. If you're not, then yeah, you're literally just scouring, should stock, and just putting any odd nonsense yeah, yeah, out. Definitely. But I don't like the idea of them, but I see that they work. There's a guy I know who, like a year ago, he wasn't posting at all. And then he just started posting yeah. with a schedule. Yeah. And he's doing great. Like yeah. he's getting getting great engagement and stuff off it online. Like I, I assume he's getting good leads. I don't know, obviously, but I assume he is from a level of engagement where he now gets.
1: But I think because his mindset will have shifted, he'll now be looking for opportunities of things to talk about opportunities of making them interesting and seeing what people react to. And then, you know, it's market research as well. And then you can start doing more of that. Yeah.
0: I think once you're in that mindset, it was the same when we started this podcast, week three. So we filmed, we launched with two podcasts. So the first two, we we were raring to go. But the third one, when we were looking at at bring a thing and we were looking at marketing and content within the current market, Trying to then find something that I saw that week and remembering those things without having anything written down, it was kind of like it wasn't scared and should stop, but it is that same mentality where you're just searching for content. Whereas after that third week, I started writing down cool things that I've seen throughout yeah, the week. Noticing
1: it more as yeah, well. Yeah.
0: And even from then, we like LinkedIn posts that might be a good idea or, or things that I find interesting. So once you've got that mentality and that mindset, I think you're looking for content everywhere rather than, oh, it's coming to Tuesday. I've got to then post something. Yeah,
2: yeah um, I, I've I've just got the homework on the bus mentality. Every <laughs> day <laughs> where we're about to do a broadcast, I'm like, Shit, i got to think of something. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I I think I think consistency though is important. We all recognise it. You have to keep an eye on quality. Yeah. I hate the phrase done is better than perfect. And I see people banding it about like it's an excuse to do poor quality content. That's not what it's about with consistency. It's about putting in the preparation and the planning and dedication to it. um, And then not being too hard on yourself around it, I think.
0: So what would be one tip you'd give to the listeners about posting consistent content?
1: One tip... Wow, I've given so many already what would it be mm, i think i I
2: would just say just to to not be so judgmental or worried of the stuff you're putting out because i I have that constantly like earlier you said oh if you if you're not comfortable doing a pod, video podcast don't do that I'm not comfortable doing video yeah, podcasts I don't like doing, doing it, them yeah. i I like having a chat right now here, but you know two people yeah. like having a chat yeah I've never wanted to be on any of our vlogs but we're doing it. We're putting out the content. Yeah. And I think that's great that we're doing it. So for the for the purpose of getting the content out, I'm happy to I'm happy to do it in a way.
1: So it's a tip around <clears throat> recognizing the importance and jumping in.
2: Yeah. It's it's just not not being too worried about what people will think or what you necessarily think yeah, of things. Yeah. Just putting putting content out there, putting putting yourself out there, putting stuff out there. Yeah, the stuff that you're putting out, it, it, it probably is good. Like don't worry about it too much. Yeah. And like you say even if it isn't that great, don't worry about it because you're going to be consistent. And you're going to get another piece of content out next week,
1: yeah. tomorrow. My, my tip would be make it a focus. So okay. the only way to get consistency, it, it, it's like creating a new habit, you know, and, and we touched on it with scheduling, but a new habit, it's, you know, make, make it a focus and try and string 60 days together or whatever. Yeah. So it's a similar way of thinking, I think, to do consistent marketing because, Believe in the benefits because the science doesn't lie, yeah. the stats don't lie, consistency <laughs> works, and then make it a focus. And what that focus to different people will look differently. Uh, yeah. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't have to be a mega intense thing. And it can just be personal posting on platforms, yeah. but make it a focus would be my tip.
0: Mine's similar. Don't want it to make it sound like I'm just bloody copying you, tip.
2: Hey, the tips are consistent.
0: It's hold yourself accountable. Write down that you want to post, even if it's just once a week. You want to post once a week for 20 weeks. That's your goal. And hold yourself accountable to that. You've got five days to post. and You only need to post one of them and be realistic with that goal. If you're a busy person, you're not going to be posting five times a week because you've got to find that content. You've got to remember to post and then set yourself reminders to reach those goals. So. Maybe it's a calendar.
1: Don't let the organisation side of it yeah. slip. Yeah, because so it, it takes the pressure off as well. It makes yeah. It
0: or schedule in bulk. So you might have you might schedule monthly. So you want to do once a week, yeah. and you schedule a month in advance. Just keeping yourself accountable to that is helpful.
1: Yeah, great tip, Jess. That's why you're a bloody good marketer. Thank you. Right, we'll end the broadcast there because Drew. I think you got to go and cut this into sixty or so cut downs now.
2: Yeah, we're going to get 60 cut-downs from it because we've actually shot this at a high frame rate. <laughs> so it's actually not 60. It's actually 240
1: different cut-downs we can have. We, we don't have that technology, guys.
2: And uh, I am going to scan everything in LiDAR from now on. Yeah, LiDAR. It's the yeah. future. Yeah. So, uh...
1: LiDAR.